Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a blunder? Or is it one hit thunder? Hey guys, it's uh, the 15th episode of One Hit Thunder. We've made it 15 delightful episodes. Uh, and... It's also the return of Chris. Yay. Here I am. So we wanted to take uh, this episode kind of as like a moving Chris back into the host seat, but also to like kind of go over a few things. Well, I wanted to allow Chris to talk about the, the five episodes that he, he didn't host. If he had any uh, opinions that he wanted to say on any of these bands that he wanted to get out there. Uh, so we'll start with the first one I did solo was the Toadies, Possum Kingdom. Any thoughts on the Toadies there, Chris? Um, let me first start by saying you did a great job of hosting all the episodes. Oh, thank you. You left like some pretty big shoes to fill uh, if I'm stepping back in because you're very knowledgeable and you always keep it interesting. As far as the Toadies go... Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not not a fan of the Toadies. I don't know. It's, it's it's strange because it seems like so many people that that I know that when I told them or they found out about this podcast brought up the Toadies and like I'm like I don't know just something about the southernness of them or something really <laughs> doesn't I remember always seeing that CD and like the Columbia house things or whatever, when I was figuring out which ones I would pick if I would do that, I never actually did it, but 
the toadies were never on that list. Uh, <laughs> not a big fan of that guy's voice. I know they're probably a great band and it was interesting hearing about their background and how, I think you said that guy came from like a strange religious background, like really like um, over the top. Uh, yeah, it was and, it, the whole album's like almost a concept album of him working out his understanding of like the extreme Christianity he was raised in. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird album. Right. Well, I mean that's interesting, but it's just the the their sound wasn't my thing. That's yeah. All. all right. So then the next one was actually the the only band that I had never heard of of the the episodes that I had done. Uh, the Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays. Yeah, that was a very interesting episode, and your guest was very knowledgeable on the band as well. I I wasn't familiar with that song either, um, but the story behind it about it being, I, I was a little unsure. Was it a kid that went into school? She was so she was a sixteen year old who shot up in elementary school. Okay, and then her reason for doing that was that she, she said she didn't like Mondays. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely pretty interesting. I, yeah. Once, once again, I didn't know the song. I think the song's okay now, now when I, when I listen to it, but I just wasn't, I don't have the, uh, nostalgia aspect of that song. For some reason it, it, it missed my ears, but that was a great episode. Yeah. I was, I, that's probably the first one. Well, no, super drag was the big one for me where I had never heard the song. And then you guys did the super drag one. I'm like, okay, this band rules. Um, but Boondown rats is another one that I kind you of no sucked out. No, remember oh. you guys both were giving me shit about it. Oh. <laughs> That's crazy. So then there was the Devo whip it episode. Yeah. I love Devo. Dude, and Devo's so it, good. <laughs> and it was awesome. You had uh, Matt from weed us on. He's a great dude. And it was coming from, a musical background just to appreciate Devo and the eccentric artsy uh, just, you know, it is really interesting that a band like that could achieve such a mainstream success playing the type of music that they play. Um, But the eighties were a perfect time for that. I think, especially with a song like whip it. I mean, that song, that song's incredible. That band's incredible. Just their whole, their entire their entire thing like i went and watched i think you guys talked about it on the episode but watched their saturday saturday night live performance it's, it's awesome. so weird it's, so, it's awesome. so it's so yeah it's i mean you talk about stuff being punk rock and like devo is not a band that's often in that conversation but they are some of the most punk rock motherfuckers of that decade for sure i, I can't remember if you guys talked about it on the episode but did <laughs> i could be really wrong about this but i'm pretty sure that mark mothersbaugh was at kent state at the kent state shooting and i believe that he was like right there like next to the people that got shot or something Jesus. i i could be way off on that but i I'm, I'm i think sure. that's probably true i know we didn't talk about that on the episode but i think i've heard that now that you've brought that up i feel like i did hear that somewhere I, mean, maybe, I don't know if it was him or maybe a different guy from devo but i kind of feel like that's something that when i even before we did this podcast i was for one reason or another i was reading about devo and finding you know found out that their name came from devolution and all, all these things about uh you know how they, they saw society crumbling um how appropriate 
and yeah. uh yeah that that uh that was one of the things i read about it and i can't imagine if you were there to experience that that yeah that would uh be a that, that a lot that would be the source of a long chain of events of artistic expression that became devo so. Yeah, but on the more positive thing, I kind of already know your opinion of this one from uh, a deleted thing from a previous episode. But <laughs> SR seventy one right now, um, I it, the song. I, I mean, the song is a overproduced radio, whatever. Like it, it sounds like <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen this. Uh, this meme about ska music, but but basically the song is what a kid hears in his head when he gets extra mozzarella sticks is, <laughs> is, is what it is. And it's like that song to me would be like what you would play at Guantanamo Bay to torture people or something. Like <laughs> It's just, it's just so bad. It's just such a bad song. Like hearing you guys talk about how much you like that song, just, it just hurt my heart because I'm like, <laughs> there, there is no, this is the most emotionless. Like it's like as if a co- they, they programmed a computer and said, write a pop punk song. And then the computer went, okay, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's here's just, a fake plastic submarine. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know, man. I, it's music's it's all opinion and whatever, but like, I just songs with no emotion behind them. And you can, you know, pop punk music can have emotion behind it. Of course, any type of music can have, but like that just feels so like sterile to me, that song. And it's probably why even back when it came out, like, yeah, part of my problem was like, I felt like, okay, where'd this band come from? I've never heard of them, but but I'm sure there's lots of music I haven't heard of. But even back then, I just felt like I could see right through that song and that band. Like, and you know, uh, I guess I don't mean disrespect, but I also don't care. <laughs> I don't care what SR 71 thinks. <laughs> well, and then uh new friends of the podcast, uh, absolutely story of a girl by nine days. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool that they uh, reached out. They listened to the episode and reached out. I thought that was really cool. That caught um, me off guard. I, I was like, Oh, because I always tag everybody. I tagged, I tagged Tom Cochran in the oh, episode. Man. We did like, like I'm just like whatever. Maybe they'll retweet it, but very rarely do I actually anticipate that they'll write to us. And that that caught me off guard. Uh, I think Nine Days is pretty cool. Like I had that album that you know I like that song. I couldn't help but like that song. I wasn't even, you know, I at that point. I, do you remember what year that was? That, that was came 2000. Out? Came right out at the kick of the 2000. 2000s. Okay, so by then, so so I would say that uh, major props to Nine Days because by 2000, I I personally was so like I was in college and I was so like into like whatever I liked, whether indie rock and punk rock and whatever, and very um, I don't know, probably jaded about pop music, and I still bought that album and there was uh, I wish I should have looked I didn't know we were going to be talking about this I should have looked at what the other song on that album that I really liked was um, but yeah I thought they were a decent pop band I kept I, I I did notice that you guys 
during your conversation were referring to them as like a pop punk band but yeah and i never thought of them as that i've thought of them as like mainstream pop rock pop rock band maybe yeah i there's no when i tweeted when i tweeted at them (laughs) when when he tweeted that he was gonna listen to it i said i hope you're not offended that for some reason we keep referring to you as pop punk (laughs) because i was like why are we we keep bringing it back to pop punk. I think it was because we were also talking about the pop punk documentary and it just kept like, but I meant power pop throughout most of that discussion. I can can see that, but they, they would have, they, they were kind of like a better version of like the other bands of that era that were all like, I don't know. Like this is probably, it's probably insult to them, but like, I think of like bands like, Delamitri and which you could very easily do an episode on here or like the Rembrandts although I guess they were more of like a theme song band or whatever well, but let, but still. let me look at let me look at what so this is exactly what nine days said to us and uh they mentioned a few bands that I think are kind of what you're looking for but they said it was a great conversation we enjoyed listening to it as far as the band is concerned you got most of the information right we didn't start as a heavy metal band but Brian and I were guitarists in a band before nine days that was way more rock oriented with the exception of our drummer, Vincent, who left the band in 2016, we've had the original lineup since 1995, and we're still making music and playing shows occasionally and working on a new record as we speak. Thank you for talking about us. Kyle's documentary sounds super interesting, and it also features past guest uh, Steve of Punchline in that documentary. Um, I will say that we were all about 27, 28 years old in the summer. That story of a girl blew up in the 2000s. Uh, and we think that we were the last of a musical generation right before the big pop punk bands came out. So if you look at 2002, 2003, that was really the end of the bigger success bands that were similar to us, like SR71, Vertical Horizon, Stroke 9, American Hi-Fi, yeah. and to a certain extent, Third Eye Blind. Right. Okay. Yeah. Third Eye Blind's a good example of like, that band's not punk at all, but like they're yeah. just, you know, catchy rock, soft rock, I guess. Um, yeah and i think that it's one of those things where it's like i think that third eye blind and story of a girl are like songs that aren't pop punk songs but are definitely songs that i feel like pop punk fans like in like a weird way like i've heard so many pop punk bands cover story of a girl or like graduate by third eye blind that's like okay well clearly they they came out at the right time to make an influence on the people who would later form bands a couple years later uh and then the last one uh, which I really was hoping you would be the host on because you know this band way more intimately than I do. But uh, we recorded an episode on Squeeze. Right, and I haven't heard that one yet. But yeah, I think Squeeze is great. I, of course, did, I mean, is the episode about Tempted? Yes. Okay, I, I would assume, but like they have some like really awesome songs like Up the Junction and Pulling Muscles from the Shell. And, uh, you know, I kind of uh steve likes squeeze a lot i think he just discovered them years back and would play them in the van and then uh but i you know i had actually known that up the junction song from because goldfinger covered it when i was like a teenager and i had the, <laughs> and i had the seven inch it was like on the b side of a seven inch and at the time i didn't even know it was a cover song but then i found out it was squeeze uh yeah i you know i don't I just basically know some more squeeze songs. Uh, (laughs) I think they're a really cool band. They sound ahead of their time. They sound like a band that if they came out right now, they would be popular and 
a, a very cool band, <laughs> you know, so. Um, well, and that was the, the funny thing for us when we were talking about it, and we addressed it up front. It's not to the same extent as a Rick Springfield, but like Squeeze is technically not a one hit wonder. Um, they had three songs that were on the top, the billboard top 100 and that tempt it was the lowest charting of those three. Really? What were the other two? Uh, hourglass. And, uh, I can't remember the, the numbers, but it's a phone number. It's like eight, six, four. Like, it's just like seven random numbers, but, uh, yeah. And that's what we were talking about. We're like, you know, they're technically not a one hit wonder, but their lowest charting hit is really the only one that people still remember in the mainstream. So I guess it counts, question mark. Right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. But yeah, so, so there was those, that's, that's what has happened. I want to talk about a few bands on our Facebook page. And uh, even when people are trying to pick bands to cover for one hit thunder that have come up that I I would like to address with you as um, do you think that we should cover any of these bands for one hit thunder? (laughs) So so the first one that was submitted was the band fuel. Um, well, I uh, I would say uh, they had two or three. Well, the thing is, the only song that I know the name of from them is Shimmer. Yeah. Um, I, li- I actually like that. That's like another one of those songs that's like in that era of uh, Nine Days and stuff like that. I think I think Fuel was a little more guitar heavy. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it, and I don't even know if Sh- Shimmer, I guess, was a hit. I guess Shimmer was a hit, and I think it's their of their hits. I think it's their best song. Uh-huh. But they had the other two. There was Hemorrhage, uh, which was that 
leave love bleeding in my hands in my hands again okay I think and uh bad day uh, that one sounds familiar i definitely know the yeah. other one so i don't know probably not and and they they had like it seems like they had modern rock hits but as far as being like like a crossover band yeah i don't know i i don't know so the other so the other one in a similar vein that someone submitted was the Wallflowers. Well they had didn't they have two songs that were very similar to each other and they were both hits? Wasn't there one yeah. one headlight and then Sixth Avenue or Fifth Avenue Heartache or whatever it was called? Yeah, Sixth Avenue Heartache. And then they also minor hits, but I still always remembered uh there was the difference. The only difference. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. they're not a one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, like... They have multiple hits, so no. No on them. Fuel fuel's <laughs> questionable. Probably a no on them too, but but Wallflowers, no. None. So here's the one that I remember when someone submitted this to the group. You texted me within seconds. Fiona Apple. No, no. And by <laughs> the way, her new album came out yesterday and it is wild and it is awesome. <laughs> and if you you should check it out uh it's called um some about bolt, bolt cutters or something yeah. about uh yeah some about bolt cutters it's great though <laughs> but fiona apple what did the song they submit was it criminal yeah but i was like but fast criminal. as you can paper bag like fast as you can was a big song too um Shadow Boxer. Shadow Box. Yeah, yeah. Sl dude. Sleep to Dream. Yeah, no, she is not a one-hit wonder. And my technically my favorite Fiona Apple song is I think that she still holds the record for me as like one of the best covers of a Beatles song because I love her oh, version of yeah. Across the Universe. It's better than the Beatles version. I agree. I it's and like that's one of my favorite Beatles songs, but I think that she yeah. did a much better take of it. Yeah. I mean they wrote the song. I'm not saying that she's better than the Beatles, but I'm saying her her rendition of it is my preferred rendition of it. It is awesome. Uh, I love her song, Never Is a Promise. Uh, it's just a really sad piano ballad that's just, I don't know, very beautiful song. Yeah, and go check out her new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, it just came out yesterday, so I, I, you know, but it is like, I saw someone compare it to like, Brian Wilson, I think someone compared it to just in, in it's the wild songwriting and musicianship of it and the creativity of it is just like, it's really uh, appropriate for right now. You know, I, I know we're probably trying to keep this podcast pretty evergreen, but yeah. we, we are in quarantine during coronavirus. So like for that album to come out right now, once you start listening to it, you'll be like, oh, okay, this, this is perfect. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so this is one that I I would agree is debatable if I wasn't such a music nerd about this stuff, but the Sugar Hill Gang. I would say yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think they might be. They technically have two hits. Like everyone knows them for Rapper's Delight. Right. Um, but people forget that they also did Apache, uh, also known as the Carlton Dance Song. Oh 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 really? Yeah, and I feel like that's technically the bigger song of the two like rapper's delight's important but apache is the one that you know okay all right <laughs> well I, I guess i didn't realize that was that was them uh so yeah they're not a one-hit wonder two <laughs> hits. that's that's crazy so here's one that uh maybe it's just because i was you know youth group kid but uh i 
I sit, put my foot down when someone submitted POD as a one hit wonder. So they <laughs> had they had uh, so alive. Yeah, is that the one that they that was submitted? That was uh, alive was the one that was submitted, which I don't even think was their highest charting because Youth of the Nation was like. Oh right yeah, there. Youth of the Nation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah. then, like, boom! I thought boom was everywhere. Mm, uh, I remember that one? Boom! Here comes the boom! Ready or oh, not? That's here them? comes the yeah. That's them okay. as well. All right. All right. I remember Southtown and Rock the Party, but I think that, that was one. Southtown, yeah. Okay, man, they, <laughs> man. Pod brought the hits. I didn't, didn't <laughs> realize that. Okay, but Alive would be the first one I think of. Yeah. But it's funny because the Youth of a Nation. I don't know why we did this, but like. 2006 or seven our friend jonathan london uh made a punchline christmas we made a christmas music video we needed for our record label at the time they wanted all the bands to do like a christmas greeting so like we made we made this song uh it was like a a christmas rap and (laughs) for some reason we at the end of it just break into that youth of a nation song. I don't know why. And then Jonathan London made the music video for it for us. Cause we were in LA. So we went like by the Hollywood sign and stuff. And like, I don't know. It was. Christmas. Silly, but still to this day, people like will post that on my Facebook wall during the holidays and stuff. But yeah, we we uh, we sing a POD song at the end. One of the ones from the 90s that someone submitted that again was like, I can never remember if the songs that I love so much were ever actually hits, but better than Ezra. I only know. Well, good. Good is the song they had. I know they had a like cult following yeah Uh, and i'm wondering if that's what it was because i always remember like good is yes that is their hit but i always remembered uh desperately waiting when it was like i remember running through the wet grass falling a step behind oh yeah i I, but that sounds familiar but that sounds familiar but that also the way you're singing that sounds like tracy chapman fast car so (laughs) i don't know but that does sound familiar to me they were the Tracy Chapman of grunge. Was... Yeah. Well, I, I I would say that that despite a cult following they have, they are a one hit wonder. I would say Good is their is their one hit. So I would allow right. that one. Well, okay. If someone suggests that one, I'll make sure to let it slide. This is the only '80s one that, or no, there's two '80s ones that I've had to say nay. They were not one hit wonders, and the one was Roxette. Roxette must have been love. Yeah. Right. And Roxette also sang Joyride. I think so. They also sang "Listen to Your Heart." Oh yeah, "Listen to Your." Like heart. I was like, Roxette had hits for days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. No, Roxette was a hit maker. Yeah. Now, now this one, I, I'd be okay with us doing an episode on because even if he's, he might technically be a two-hit wonder, but I think he doesn't get enough credit. Was someone submitted Joe Jackson? Joe Jackson. I mean, the, no, I, he's not a one because. Yeah, what are you thinking of? He are you real? Is he really or is she really going out with him? Is that the song? Yeah. But yeah, stepping out, stepping out yeah. to hit. 
I love stepping out. That's the yeah, jam. Yeah, he's a, he's a two-hit wonder. And also, then... also, I'm the man. You know I'm the man? <laughs> I know I'm the man. It's the second album, too. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good song. They use it in, in Freaks and Geeks. They're they're listening to it uh, when... Uh, oh, the when, car accident. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Because he won't, he wants to listen to the bass line. He's like, "Oh, this bass line is yeah. so good." Yeah, <laughs> because they're talking shit. They're so they're acting like new wave is bad or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. dude, Joe Jackson. If you haven't listened to some Joe Jackson, go pick up like his first two or three albums because they're he's all great. great. Yeah, he's great. Look sharp. Look sharp's a great record. So not the biggest fan of this band, but definitely had more than one hit. Someone submitted three oh three. Of course, I know who the band is, but I I couldn't have. So I just, I just know they were like on warp tour and stuff, but I, I couldn't tell you a song by them. I'd say they're, yeah. a, I'd say they're a no hit wonder. <laughs> so they don't yeah, they qualify were, either. They were, they were in there with LMAFO. Well, they, well, they had a everything. hit. Well, they had a hit. Yeah. That song. <laughs> I mean, say what you will about LMFAO. That song, that was like undeniable party song i think it was called party song wasn't it yeah, i was gonna say technically it was the two because they had the party rock anthem and they had the i'm sexy and i know it songs both were like pretty inescapable party jams for a really long time yeah and this is the last one that i think is super i, I would say not even remotely debatable was the prodigy well there was firestarter was like is that the one that was submitted yeah, they submitted Firestarter, but I was like, what about Breathe? <laughs> Breathe uh, was everywhere. About to smack my bitch up. Yeah. Uh, one of the best videos. Yeah. One of the most creative videos, I'll say. I'll, ne- I'll never forget. Uh, it's an awesome video, man. It's art- It's very artistic, but I'll never forget that when I saw that video, it was like the first time that uh, I think I had MTV on it like it was like 11 o'clock or something. And Kurt Loder came on and talked about the video and how they were going to show the video <laughs> because one reason or another, we're going to show this video. Uh, I forget like, because they thought it was an important video to show or something like that. But then, you know, there were naked girls in it and stuff. And there were like, I don't know, there was like lots of drugs in it. And there were lots, you know, lots of like, they, they showed that was the first time I ever saw something on like basic cable where I was like, what? Yeah. And, uh, I, the first time I saw it was I had to download it. Cause it wasn't, I, I was like, I kept hearing about it and I was in high school. So it was well after the song had come out and I had heard all these stories of this, of this music video. And I was in a film class and we were about to shoot music videos and we were told like, you know, dig into like some of the more artistic videos that you can find. And I was like, I need to see this smack my bitch up video. Yeah. And like it was, it is a, it is an insane music video and a very creative music video. Um, And then the last two that I have on here, I just, I, I'm sure in some weird fucked up, if you look at like crossover hits, then technically but uh, Weezer and Everclear. Oh my God, give me a break! Well, give me a break! Give me a break on Weezer first of all. Like what? that's just that's just insanity uh, to suggest that Weezer has had a career of like thirty years with like big songs. Every I, I, that's that's just ludicrous. Everclear, um, not a fan of Everclear, but they definitely had Santa Monica, and then. 
what's that uh, father of mine father of mine i will buy you a new life yeah. was pretty, pretty high up there everything to everyone yeah yeah when i said that we were doing nine days the hint that i posted was uh four year strong covered this song and so many people were like oh everclear and i was like what <laughs> like it's four years strong I, one of those bands that just covers every band uh they put out an album of 90s covers it was like a 11 track 90s covers album and not only did they cover everclear but they covered a b-side by everclear so it was like why would you think that we would not even hey one of my friends dylan messaged me he's like what are these people talking about like a no because <laughs> everclear's had more than one hit b the song that four years strong covered wasn't a hit by everclear yeah. so it's like a double no yeah but uh, so that's pretty much all I had planned for this before we, you know, next week we'll be right back into talking about bands that brought the one hit thunder uh, with Chris steering the car again. But uh, Chris, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to host a few of these while you were handling some punchline stuff and, you know, getting your life situated with all the lockdown and quarantine stuff. But uh, it's good to have you back. Yeah, man. Glad to be back. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. Maybe I'm Wrong, off Punchline's album Just Say Yes is playing underneath me right now. Visit punchlion.com for updates as well as news, merch, and upcoming tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps Stay safe out there, love each other, and soon we'll be able to hug you all. But until then, tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.